Welcome to the show, everybody. It is July the 16th. Uh, EOS Radio number 20. Wow. We made it to do- uh, to 20, man. How you doing? 20. Yeah, dude. I'm doing well. The double X is what we're up to now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, uh, it's been five months now, I guess. A little over five months. We've been doing EOS Radio every Monday, huh? Right. Yeah. We're pretty much marathon men at this point. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, dude. We've got some big news this week, EOS-wise. Yep. No, um, I was going to say we're like the grandpas in the industry, huh? Dude, I, I'm feeling I just got someone off my yard a few minutes ago. <laughs> my, get, out, get off my yard. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's been a big week for EOS. I mean, we just had a big announcement today with Block One. I mean, we're going to go over all that stuff. Um, you know, on a personal level, a lot of folks have heard that, you know, I am with EOS Southwest Eden now. Uh, yeah, I'll, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, of course, with these shows... We're going to try and keep it just as, as neutral as we can. I mean, obviously, I'm very pro for EOS Southwest Eden. The reason I joined them is they're one of the OGs, as we like to say, one of the original guys uh, in EOS. And they've been around longer than we have, really. Uh, Eric was setting up the first test net back in January. Uh, we're just we're big fans of them. I've always been a big personal fan of them, so I'm just thrilled to be with them. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, I mean, EOS has had some good stuff going on. What about the show tonight? What do we have happening, UJs? Yeah, so like you said, we have a lot of great news, but we have uh, starting coming up for the guests that we have. We have large seafaring mammal, which is uh, a play on the word whale. Um, so he's got uh, he's got a cool thing going there with t-shirts and everything. I can't wait to hear more about it. Then we got um, Ono coming on to talk about their upcoming launch, their imminent launch. Uh, what what we have going on with uh, their main net, uh, what their plans are. I think a lot of people have questions regarding that. Uh, then we'll go through a lot of the news, like you mentioned, um, some some good news nuggets today, today even, and and for the last week. And then Thomas Cox will come on and help us uh, talk about what's possibly coming up with governance or uh, on chain issues, um, especially with the big week leading out in um, in Asia this week. They have a lot of meetups out there, so. Yeah, I was actually I'm hoping to hear a lot more about what's going to happen at that meetup. I mean, he might have more information now at this point, and uh, hopefully we can tune in in some way. They've talked about possibly having videos put up after the fact. A live stream would be really cool as well, because they're like every block producer I know of is going, basically. And of course, Thomas. Uh, I know that uh, John is also going to be over there as well. He's a very well-known member, Jim, as he's known in the chat, will be uh, over there as well. So it's going to be sort of a powerhouse group of folks who are going to talk about EOS issues, I guess, like ECAF will be discussed. Um, how to fund them, how they should pursue what they're doing, right? And uh, how they should handle their upcoming cases as the caseload increases and also with what they're doing now. I've, Not to mention all the RAM stuff and, you know, all that good stuff. What's that? I've heard of that they're they're meeting in Shanghai as well, too, earlier. Yeah, I think we'll hear so. either before or after Seoul, South Korea. Okay. They're having a big meetup in Shanghai, Shanghai, and then they're having one in Seoul. Um, yeah, we'll hear more from Thomas about what the timeline is for all that stuff. He's going there pretty soon. Yeah. So, Hi, everybody get... in the chat. I see you guys there, especially Sagan on Roids. I love that name. Carl Sagan yeah. used to be. I, I used to read him a lot in uh when I was in high school. Yes, I was a science guy. Uh, you know, Blue Jays, as nerdy as you are, we should also do a disco. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen requests for the disco. Okay, let's but... do a disco for an awesome for an awesome. Uh, when you want to do it now, or just kind of randomly throughout the show. Let's do it randomly throughout the show so no one knows it's coming. Should we do it 20 times for show number 20? (laughs) 
20 times? 20 years. <laughs> we don't want to scare everybody away, though, huh? Man, I knew you. I knew there was something about you. You like disco that much, huh? I mean, you know, I wasn't quite as into the science. I was more into <laughs> disco. Everybody else was learning. I was in the gym class just practicing my disco. Okay. <laughs> That's the story I'm going to go with, you know. All right. Yeah. Well, we have Lisa, uh, large, excuse me, large seafaring mammal coming on, a.k.a. whale, uh, and they'll be here shortly. We're just going to bring them in. Uh, Blue Jays, what was your favorite piece of news that you saw this week? Um, there were so many. I mean, I think that every PDA airdrop was awesome. Everyone was waiting for that. Um, the, the stress test from Block Twitter, I don't think they, it was an intentional stress test, but, um, you know, we did definitely stress the capabilities of EOS, and uh, it was humming along like a like a, a Lambo, man. So, <laughs> oh, here's Bruce with a large hey. seafaring mammal. Hey, Blue Jay. Hey, Kevin. Can you hear me all right? Hey, Bruce. Yeah, sound good. Yeah, cool. You great. got a great, great setup back there. I've seen a pinball machine. Got your shirt on. <laughs> Looks awesome. I, I I scoured the office for the most exquisite place for uh video <laughs> conference this is the best i came up with it looks amazing back there are we looking at some old video games as well on the shelves uh a few yeah we got some books uh the adam family pinball machine is pretty much a classic so <laughs> well done wow yeah you've run out of quarters already i'm sure yeah well no we come on man we rigged it <laughs> it's, infinite. It's, it's infinite over here okay no trips to the laundromat to get more quarters huh that's good nope nope well, Bruce, I mean, we'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing. Large Seafaring Mammal, it's an interesting project. You guys are kind of poking fun at yourselves as well. Uh, can we learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing? Yeah. yeah um, so where do we start? Uh, Large Seafaring Mammal is uh, it's starting out as an apparel company where we really want to bring in more like high quality streetwear quality clothing into the cryptocurrency industry. I feel like everything that you see now, like everybody kind of wants to represent what the movement is and uh, I see a lot of people moving into clothing to do that uh, the problem is most of the clothing is just made by just random people doing like direct to print stuff with really low quality shirts uh, and when we were buying this stuff we were like wow I want to represent what this is uh, but I don't have a good way to do it that doesn't look like my dad made it, or like like a dad joke t-shirt uh, so that's really where the idea spawned from, and it's kind of turned into a lot more than that. Um, we really wanted to have the community drive what we do, uh, and we figured the best way to do that would be to tokenize voting, tokenize rewards, in a way to keep the community involved in what we're doing and really shape where we're going. Uh, and when we were looking at platforms to do that, uh, we had Ethereum, we had EOS, we had Waves, we had a bunch of different platforms. Uh, and then, uh, well, you guys could tell me, if I told you, I'm going to give you a token and I want you to send it to somewhere to vote, but every time you voted, you had to pay money to do it, mm. uh, would you vote? It would lessen my uh, opportunity, or lessen my desire to do that, probably, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's what we thought, too. So EOS was literally the only logical platform for us to do the thing that we wanted to do. Yeah. and have high user acceptance and involvement um so and i was i was already an EOS, eos holder for uh 
pretty much very early on in the ICO. So it was like a very logical step for me. I was like, well, I have these tokens. I might as well use them mm-hmm. for something. Uh, and then from just an operational perspective, it was the only thing that would do the thing that we wanted to do. Uh, so we did that. We're implementing tokenized voting uh, for designs, for um, community artists to get their projects voted in, and to even do things uh, like a very mini, I guess you can say a minnow scale version of uh, like uh, worker proposals. Like if you wanted to do something on brand that you think is really cool, you can use these tokens to propose that work for us to do or to collaborate with. Uh, and then by doing that, by doing all that, just by involving yourself in the community, uh, we give you back another set of tokens that will be redeemable for exclusive merchandise um, or discounts off merchandise. So, I mean, we think it's uh, we think it's pretty cool, and we're we're really excited about it. Wow, this is a, probably the second project I've heard of, sort of bridging the physical goods world with the blockchain world. You know, we have EOS Cafe. We talked to you before, but. Uh, this yeah. is a very a unique concept. Uh, where'd you guys come up with the large seafaring mammal? Uh, what's the, <laughs> we have no idea what that could possibly mean. Uh, well, we wanted to kick around ideas for what the brand would represent. And it was like, uh, we didn't want to be too serious about it. Yeah. So we figured like poking fun at like being, being a whale in the space, being like a large player in the space. And mm-hmm. we want to be a large player in a niche in the space. Uh, and then we were thinking of like, oh, we can't call it whale because uh, number one, we'll never get a website with whale in it uh, that's not already taken. Uh, and we'll never be able to trademark anything that has a whale in it. So where where can we go? And then I forgot who which one of us came up with large seafaring mammal. But it was like the 15th synonym for whale <laughs> down, down, down the line. So that's, that's pretty much where we stopped on. Uh, and the only thing that we've gotten... We've gotten that it's hilarious, it's a great name, and it is the longest URL or domain name that I have to add for an email that I've ever had to do. Uh, so that's pretty much the feedback that we've we've received on it. That is so admit. cool. I love the name. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. My favorite part of your website is when you scroll all the way down to the advisor. Normally, there's an advisor section on all these websites where people just list all these big names. You guys put people who wear T-shirts instead of advisor, and you have Vitalik, Charlie Lee is in there, Charlie Schramm. So I, mean, yeah, I think they do wear it's, T-shirts. It's not off base. It's not off base it's, at all. Yeah. And I don't even think they can call us out on it. I think that's fair use. Yeah, you're I speaking think, truth. Yeah. I think that's almost fair use. Um, I think Dan usually wears polos. So it was hard to include him on there, um, right. but if I if you if somebody does find a T-shirt Dan photo, I'd be happy to put it on the website. You've clearly done your research. Now that I think about yeah. it, I've never seen Dan in a T-shirt either. It's, it yeah, I've been looking. I've been looking to add him, and it's been quite difficult. So if somebody can yeah. snap a candid photo of Dan within like you know legal jurisdiction, please do so. And send how many T-shirts to, will you give them for free? Mm. <laughs> Um, well, a hundred million, you know, startups are hard. Okay. And, uh, we have to turn a profit. So not many, Okay, but we'll give them, we'll give them something. We'll give them some proof of whale or proof of whale, some, some some LSM tokens, limited edition proof of whale shirts. Gotcha. Proof of casualness. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, those are our two tokens. The, uh, the community token is called proof of whale or 
P-O-L for short, another play on like the proof of work uh, consensus mechanism. And through that, that's your voting token. And then you'll get LSM reward tokens for participating in the community. Excellent. So, nice. Yeah. Hey, so I, I I was talking to you earlier on, and you, you said your yeah. inspiration and in, in one of your inspiration in life was the Ultimate Warrior. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, so um, we we were kicking around with uh, design concepts. First of all, I, I was a, a a big wrestling fan as oh, as a kid. So like early WWF is like gold. Yeah. Uh, used to go to the video store and just like rent out old pay per views of like. Andre the Giant getting scoop slammed by Hulk Hogan and stuff. So a big wrestling fan early on. Uh, and then the Ultimate Warrior was just iconic. So when we were kicking around like early concepts for what uh, large seafaring mammal came to be, like one of them was like uh, some sort of like Bitcoin. I think you could probably find it out there somewhere. Like a, it started out as the Ultimate Warrior and then it turned into like an Ultimate Warrior with a Bitcoin as a head. It, there was a lot of different... <laughs> things that that were large seafaring mammal before a large seafaring mammal so it was just one of the one of the many iterations that we needed to to get to where we are today i actually saw um wrestlemania where, where hulk hogan and ultimate warrior uh faced off i think i saw that one do you in toronto you i i yeah I, I don't i got the i used to get all the pay-per-views so like okay. anything with hulk hogan or ultimate warrior i was totally getting Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw it live in Toronto. Oh, you saw it live? Yeah. Did Hogan win? No. No? Uh, Ultimate Warrior won? Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is a first here on EOS Radio, talking about wrestling. I love it. <laughs> Did well, they ever release yeah. a Ultimate Warrior pinball machine? <laughs> we may have one. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We only have Adam's Family. We have Adam's Family and world power tour which is boring so i didn't put include yeah. it in the shot okay. made sure to just skew it over to the adams family one um but let me ask you guys like what would you guys like to see or even the chat like what types of things would you want on an apparel brand i don't have the the chat open so i'm not going to be able to see it but maybe i'll see it on the recording uh during you mean what kind of graphics we would like or yeah like what what kind of projects would you want to see us work with like uh EOS. our end goal yeah that's coming up definitely um but like what eos projects do you want to see us work with because like we have a vision of becoming uh the face of what this movement wants to represent uh, mm -hmm. and we want to do that in a couple of ways so like um we have the poking fun and all that stuff, but really like we want to become a, like a variable marketplace where you guys will be able to decide what we're doing next. And that's going to be done through proof of whale. And that's going to be done on the blockchain because uh, it's hard to be transparent without being on the blockchain, especially when you're running a business. So that's why we're doing all the voting on there. Uh, so you'll get design voting. You're going to get community projects. Uh, you're going to see a highly available team in on Reddit, in in your Telegram chats. We're probably already there. Uh, so that's just the first part. Then the first part, the second part is um, we're going to be using a portion of our profits for like a mini EOS funds for community project startups. So if you have an idea that needs resources, 
Um, and you're not getting it through the traditional VCs or the traditional ICOs or crowdfunding. Like we want to contribute. However big or small this becomes, we're going to be contributing. Um, it's going to be that. And that is also going to be directed by the community as well. So we're, we're going to be giving back to that. We're going to be doing some charity stuff in the future as well. Um, I think that that's all on our roadmap for Q3 to establish that because it's hard to, uh, it's hard to create a fund for EOS when you're a startup that is also <laughs> just trying to turn a profit. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, something in line for Q3. And, uh, and then also just working with companies. Like we want to be able to establish ourselves first and then also help establish great projects in the space in the future. So, I mean, with that being said, like any idea is, is fair game. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got some good suggestions what? in the chat. People are saying, you know, yeah. make some smart EO sayings. You know, one of them was, uh, I was the ABP. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, in, in my mind, the timely, you need to sell Ram t-shirts, man. Got Ram. Yeah, Bruce yeah. got got Ram. Where my Ram go? Rambo. I mean, you, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was uh, EOS Maximalist uh, had that one too. I've been waiting to say that, but <clears throat> yeah, EOS, EOS Maximalist. Yeah, the yeah. the Ram situation. I I hope by the time we get to a Ram T-shirt, the uh, it's no longer a, a conversation talking point. But we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> by the yeah. time we get down to that line, hopefully, hopefully we have enough. Uh, Hopefully Rams at a price where we can start airdropping instead of air grabbing. Because that was my next question. Are you you guys are airdropping? Are you in both tokens or just one? Um, so um, what we're exploring originally, we wanted to. We had a, a couple of iterations. We had um, you only get proof of well when you purchase something, and we we're like that is that's not going to get the community involved as as much as we wanted. So now we're doing like small social media bounties. And then I'm working on doing getting the air grab code ready so we can do an air grab versus an airdrop. Okay. Um, uh, um, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't uh, we didn't get in the RAM market early enough to uh, be able to. Uh, it's not financially feasible for us to do an airdrop at this point. So yeah. and, how does and the air grab, grab work? Uh, I was talking to NS James a little bit earlier today. Uh, Man, that guy's everywhere. Yeah. He, <laughs> Dude, he's the man. And like, I try to talk to him as much as I can because uh, we want to do a lot of scatter integration on the voting page uh, to make it easier for people. Right now, we have like a minimum viable product. Like, there's a lot of copy and pasting. It's not very user friendly, but we want to make it live. Uh, so, we want to do scatter integration. Uh, and then we also want to do the air grab. And the Riddle air grab, basically, their open source code brings the RAM cost down to zero. So nice. very good. The uh, and it it puts the the user pays a small amount of RAM to establish the uh, the uh, the token on the blockchain for their for their account and brings the cost for the the airdropper down to zero. Oh, very good. So it really spreads out the cost amongst everybody, and it it's a lot more feasible for projects to do that versus doing an airdrop with these prices. I had Thank you. somebody been, watching me. was the first one to do the poor man token. Is this built on the poor man token thing? They you know what? I, I'm not exactly sure. I tried to check out the code for poor man token before and do the demo airdrop, uh, but I haven't received any poor man tokens. So, okay. I, I don't know how that works yet, but the, uh, the riddle one I've been 
exploring a lot today. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, been a lot happening. I mean, it's of course Riddle just announced their airdrop too. I guess with the air grab rather. Yeah. So it makes sense yeah. Reached out to them. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's it, it's a lot of it's really interesting stuff. And then um, I know we had uh, a guy by the name of Leo who's doing development on Monster EOS. He was he was already working on uh, a version of the air grab uh, a while back. So it, it's really great that this stuff is is iterating so quickly. Cool. Um, Very good. By by putting transfer stuff in there. So, yeah. So what's you next guys, for you guys? Like once you when you uh, do your air grab. Um, we're working with a couple of projects already to with on collaborations to get uh, our name out there and their name out there and really just trying to unify EOS and EOS projects uh, because really at the end of the day the community is is what's going to build this. And that's the way that Dan designed it is to throw it out there and let the community really build on it. Uh, so we're, we partnered to do some cool stuff with Monster EOS. Um, we're going to be doing a limited run of shirts for them, as well as Wallace the Whale may be a playable character in the game. So um, that that's going to be pretty cool uh and they're doing a lot of great things and their development is is moving really fast uh and then karma um i've been working with dallas rushing on doing a piece for them and for their community so we're gonna have stuff in collaboration with uh eos projects and then we're also going to be putting out our second run of shirts uh pretty shortly too so that's why i want to get all those good ideas from the community uh before we start designing and uh, hopefully some some proof of well votes on the website so you guys can tell us what you guys want. Awesome. Sounds great. Yep, yeah, I love it. It's one of the more yep. fun interviews I think we've done here. This is good. I like your Thanks. guys' uh, stance. I like the white paper, the opening to the white paper. Uh, <laughs> for the people who need a, a white paper about T-shirts, there you go, folks. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and guys, uh, for anybody in the chat or you guys, uh, we're doing 10% off for everybody in the chat. If you guys just use the discount code uh, EOSGO, oh, nice. uh, cool. you guys you guys will get 10% off any of your purchases. And um, if you guys go ahead and uh, sign up or retweet us or whatever, just uh, get us over your account name and we'll we'll drop you guys some some proof of well. Sounds great. Yeah. Thanks, man. And where yeah. should folks keep up with you otherwise? I mean, in terms of uh, you guys have a lot going on, and when, when the actual drops start having the grabs start happening, where should people yeah. keep in touch with you guys? Um, on Twitter, you can find us at large sea mammal because large seafaring mammal is too long. Um, and uh, at large seafaring mammal for Instagram and Facebook, you can keep up with us. And our blog on our website is starting to gain steam, so you'll see. Uh, no pun intended. It's not on Steam, but okay. uh, uh, you'll you'll be able to keep up with us there too. We'll have a bunch of announcements. Very cool. Well, awesome. Great to meet you, Bruce. Yeah, thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying your project. Thank you for uh, doing this for yeah. Egos, for the whole community. Really, it's going to be awesome seeing you. Kind of a yeah. lighthearted take on everything, and but you guys are also seem pretty serious in a lot of ways and what you're looking to accomplish. So it's a good combination. Yeah, definitely, guys. I, I appreciate having me on and. Uh, just call us back anytime. We'll get some other members of uh, LSM to come on and hang out with you guys. Cool.
Sounds great. You should have a guy playing pinball in the background the whole entire interview. That would be awesome. You know what? We can't afford it yet. We can't afford. <laughs> okay. We we can't afford stand-ins and extras at this extras. point. But I got you. maybe yeah. soon, maybe next interview, we'll have I'll have a whole entourage. Yeah, let's go down the street and get a you know homeless guy maybe can come on. And... <laughs> Here's the, you know what? It probably wouldn't be too uh, too difficult to find. So okay, thanks, thanks Bruce. Bruce. Appreciate it. All right, bye guys. Later. That was good. That was cool. A white yeah, paper I like for take. t-shirts. That's awesome. I know, right? I never thought I'd see that, but that it's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, ten percent off, guys. If you want uh, to grab some t-shirts, yeah, we, um, US Gold. That's a discount code for you guys. Yeah, there Could you, you go. Just imagine all the uh, the sayings that could be on EOS t-shirts, man. That'd be funny. Oh man, well, yeah. Well, what's your what's your thought so far? I'm having a hard time coming up with too many right now. I don't, um, I, I, well, we weren't block producers, so we wouldn't be, have the. I was the ABP one, but maybe we could. I don't know. Well, now I'm with I'm with a block producer now, so I you know oh, that's right. I am personally the ABP. <laughs> you are the ABP. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah we got to start. We got to keep thinking about this, Blue Jays. You know, throughout the show, as yet mind keeps turning. I know that mind is always turning for you. So <laughs> you, you let me know if you come up with one. Let's do. We forgot to disco with Bruce too. I meant to ask you. Oh uh, yeah, okay, let's do it. He seems the kind of guy who would disco. All right, get ready, ready, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, and I think later on we'll have some Ram talk too, so we can get Rambo fired up again. Maybe that'd be awesome. Ram? Did you say Ram? Oh wait, I don't have it on here. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna have Ono coming on uh, Blue Jays. Ono is having their United States or their international launch, I should say. Uh, so far, their their social network application has been in China only, and it's been up for about two months now. They'll tell us more, but uh, so yeah, they're going to come on and. Uh, Celebrate their international launch with us, Blue Jays. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, have you tried Ono? What's your social media presence looking like these days? Uh, no, I have not tried Ono. I think I'm looking forward to it. I just is it. I, I just have a lot of questions behind uh, for for the Ono people. I mean, I've heard that it's not it's launching, but it's launching on a test net. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Well, you're talking about their possible separate launch of a new chain right the ono blockchain yeah so, so they are going to be on their own mainnet um yeah. but i've heard that their production mainnet isn't going to be ready so this is really a test net um, oh, okay so i'm not 100 percent sure I, have, I like i said i've got a lot of questions yeah we'll have to see what they say and here comes stella bell i believe is popping in right now um are you on facebook blue jays yeah i, I hardly ever use it anymore though Okay, yeah. I think all the really brilliant people are moving away from Facebook, in my mind. Yeah. Hey, Stella Bell, how you doing? Hi, uh, hey, Stella. Hey, how's it going? Doing Good. Well. Welcome back. Uh, and we have Sam coming on as well, uh, right? Hold on. Let me just do something. There he is. Here's Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, Sam. Welcome. Like... Maybe you can't quite hear us yet. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, so. we have Leah and Sam. They are both super partners for Ono. Uh, and, no. Uh, <laughs> You're not? Uh, no, I'm the um, head of international operations. Oh, wow. I work for Ono, and uh, Samuel is a super partner. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's right. You're a former super partner, right, Leah? Uh, no, I was never a super partner. Oh, you never, okay. You never passed the 500-question test. 
No, I was um, actually organizing and um, building the communities of the super partners. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, Blue Days was just talking about all those questions that he has about the international launch, and I guess we have a lot to learn here. So take it away, I guess. What, what do you guys yeah, know? Uh, Stella, just uh, you guys go ahead and, and give us uh, an update about what's coming up, and then if we have specific questions, we'll we'll talk about it after. But we should also say before we jump in, we should do a, a brief description of what Ono is too, what you guys are looking to accomplish for the folks who are not familiar as well. Sam, you want to take it away this time? I've yeah, been on yeah, the show, sure. I think, several times. So let's yeah, have a new perfect. a new voice, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think um, what Ono is trying to achieve, uh, it's a decentralized uh, social networking app, uh, DAP, or however you pronounce it, you know. Um, uh, and the idea, I think, is that, I mean, it's not, some of it is, is an idea that we're pretty familiar with, where you have a social network where content and interaction and uh, behaviors are incentivized with a cryptocurrency, with a, with a token. Uh, this is maybe different to some other things that have happened before because the governance is, is a different uh, structure within uh, the network. And the way that the reward systems work uh, is probably different to anything that's really happened uh, so far. Um, and um, if I could brag a little bit, I think it's maybe a tiny bit slicker than anything uh, that we've seen in this space mm -hmm. at this point. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, and it's more about it's a democratic social network, right? I mean, it's nobody actually owns it. The super partners are elected. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So at the moment, the, the first... Uh, the first generation of super partners, uh, as we're sometimes described, uh, were, I guess, kind of handpicked uh, by uh, the founders, uh, by Keishu. Uh, and, um, but in October, uh, you know, we face the music. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the owner membership will, will vote uh, on us, and it's one account, or rather one verified account, uh, one vote. So um, we can't be elected by whoever has the most currency staked in the system it's just you know um yeah yeah we face the people and if they don't like what we've been doing they don't think we've been doing a good job then they'll replace us with someone else um and and it's a big deal because some of the uh, you know super partners have a kind of a range of responsibilities like we decide have we the final word on what gets uh hidden or you know sort of folded in the in the network so it's you know all the content is 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 going to be on the blockchain that people put up. But if something uh, is you know, abusive or illegal or obscene or, you know, whatever, um, you know, where the group who decides, you know, that gets hidden. Um, and, and uh, you know, but we have kind of input into um, some of the kind of ways that the reward pool and the funding is kind of cut up uh, over time on what projects things can go to. So it's a, it's quite a, important position but yeah if people don't like what we've been doing then you know uh they'll find someone else to do it uh for them that brings up um i'd like can i can i just interject on uh a point there the super partners actually are comprised they make up what's called the ono dac which is a decentralized autonomous corporation or community is a better yeah that's a more accurate word and um so the super partners are autonomous and they are separate from uh the founding team which would be myself and um the the rest of the founding team so they have their own structure 
they get to vote and decide things, even like their salary and things like that. They can, isn't that correct? You guys have already done some voting in regards to how things are distributed. Yeah, look, I think there's a, yeah, that's right. Um, we can decide a lot of those things. And, and what's interesting, and, I, and I, I meant to post this, you know, uh, when I've been so too busy to put another stand post up uh, lately, but I wanted to really stress that um, once everything, particularly once everything goes live, you know, we don't we don't work for uh, the founders or Ono or, or, or Kay or, or, or Leah. Uh, we work for um, we work for the you know the membership is you know they're our bosses, um, and so it's an interesting thing. There is a kind of an interest. It's not really tension, but but there is an interesting kind of dynamic there where um, you know we we're kind of we sort of uh, intervene or you know, we're sort of sitting in between these two groups, you know, the users on one hand and, and uh, Ono sort of corporation, you know, on the other. Um, and we're our own kind of organisation that sits in the middle and kind of uh, potentially uh, moderates and, and, and sort of mediates that interaction between uh, the two groups. Interesting. Interesting. So it's almost like two levels of, uh, well, I don't think the founders have any governing responsibilities it's just the super partners right pretty much yeah, yeah. A, um, um like yeah ono is a is a playing a supportive role so like part of my job is to uh figure out okay when the super partners get stuck or there's a problem that like no one can resolve which i haven't really seen much of that it's just i'm trying to give a tiny bit of like structure when there needs to be a tiny bit and then but it, people could just tell me to just leave them alone too, because mm -hmm. I don't have, I'm not their overlord. I'm, I'm playing a supportive role in trying to assist when, when it's necessary or like when someone asks me for help, but I like to try to at least back off more and more in the beginning. I, I was, you know, instrumental in choosing the people. Um, but it was merit based. I didn't even know a ton of the super partners. I didn't know who they were. It's just, basically whoever rose up and started like taking the lead and doing the work, those people started standing out and everything is merit based. In other words, if a super partner um, just start stops doing the job or just becomes so inactive, then this other super partners can do a vote. Everyone like no one is really safe. And just because the founding team chose them in the beginning, it doesn't mean anything. That's I think a, a lot of a, the thing in our minds we think that oh they were chosen therefore they're all safe that's not it at all if someone starts behaving badly or just starts doing a terror like i don't know you know just bad stuff or whatever the super partners have their own autonomy they can decide what is good for the for like the health of it and then ultimately the people will pick the super partners that they, they want later as long as they have a verified account that they're choosing oh. so so really the founding team was only there just to get the whole thing started. But then they're like, we're slowly just kind of backing away and providing support when they need it. Just just in a way to be of service to the super partners who are of service to the people. That's How just... often do they get voted? Uh, it, it, this sounds exactly like the block producer set up in, in EOS itself. Sam, you want to answer that one? Well, well look, I mean, uh, there's a couple of, 
ways to answer this. Uh, in terms of when we voted, like you, we would face an election from the verified ANO members um, once every 12 months at a minimum. Okay. So October, I believe, is, is the, the schedule for that. Um, there are, if we, we can kind of have uh, referendums called against us, I guess, you know, it's a long kind of explanation, but essentially we can be impeached uh, at pretty much any time if we uh, annoy people enough. Um, <laughs> so, you know, by the membership, you know, so, so there is that. So it's not like, you know, you're stuck with us for a year, no matter how, you know, bad we are. Um, and um, the other thing with it is that, um, and, and I guess this is the other important point with the other important difference. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it is like block producers, but again, it's not stake-weighted voting, right? Um, you got one O-note uh, in, in your account, uh, you get one vote. You've got a million O-note in your account, you get one vote um, in terms of who the super partners are. So, um, yeah, this isn't, uh, this is, we actually, you know, we don't just have to impress the whales, you know, <laughs> we, you know right. if there are any, we have to impress everyone. Um, and that's the, the complicated part of this, of this job, I think is going to be, it's not just doing the right thing. Uh, you've got to do the right thing and have people, you know, go, yes, we understand that you did the right thing and we agree with you. That's the hard part. Um, well, it's all hard, but you know, um, that's going to be the difficult bit because you can do the right thing and, and, and really annoy people. So you've got to, you've got to balance, um, you know, you have to be able to sell it, you know, that, that why you're doing what you're doing and that it is good for people and it is good for the network. Right. Let's, uh, let's, I want to hear more about this international launch and also the separate blockchain from EOSIO software. A lot of folks are asking questions about that. What can you guys tell us about uh, that stuff? So, yeah, Ono is going to be uh, launching its own mainnet using EOS.io software. And the testnet uh, for that will be going out. We, we've heard at the end of this month, although I don't like to give deadlines when you're building something like a testnet. So it's... You know, maybe maybe a week or two out. I, you know, that's that's the estimate I've heard. Now the actual like um, the main net itself, like when it's actually, you know, past the test net, when it's actually there. I've heard next year when it's actually, you know, a real like functioning uh, main net. Okay. So, so what exactly is going live then tomorrow or today? Well, the. The, uh, the apps, which are adapts technically, Android and iOS. So that's the that's what the developers have been working. I think they stayed up for two days. I don't I've kind of lost track of how how many days they've stayed up and nights. Um, it should be ready to be downloaded at, after 12 hours. They had a they had a small technical stuff they had to work out. Um, the deadline was the 15th, but uh, we had a kind of a window of the 15th through the 17th. Um, so we have tested it. Uh, both Sam and I have test versions, but the official launch of the, the dApps, the, the, uh, the mobile, it's just mobile, by the way. It's not desktop right now. They're doing the mobile dApps first, mm. um, and then the desktop will come later. But that should be in the next like half a day that it, it is available for download. Okay. Wow. Okay. So apps will be there. Uh, it just won't be connected to a production mainnet. It will be connected to a testnet. So um, on this question, like, so according to the white paper, they're using um, 
I don't know the exact answer for you. I'm just going to say that, okay? Because they have the the solutions they have before it's on the blockchain are using different solutions, but I don't want to oh, give see. wrong answers. So, yeah, they've been, in fact, you know, they've had this launch this since April. Hmm. So they're using that. Um, okay. I, I need to you know, get that clarified exactly what we're using. I think I asked that in a question. I'll have to look at my, the own AMA, but it's not on a, it's not on the own no main net yet. Okay. It will be coming. Because the tokens are, um, there are tokens flowing through the ecosystem right now, right? They're already going around. Yeah. Being rewarded to people. Okay, cool. But they're right, locked yeah. from what right, I, yeah. how I understand it. It's locked. So can't be sold or anything. It's, okay. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's not on the exchanges that's coming in August. So yeah. It's really like, yeah, they, they haven't been able to trade or anything. So they're doing, they wanted to have a social network of people before the economic, like all that stuff is developed. So it's being developed. It's just, it's not, it's not what I think people are used to. They're used to having all that stuff before, you know, the people are there, but they wanted to have the people there first mm -hmm. and then build the value, the real value yeah. around the social engagement and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weirdly kind of planned uh, approach. Like, it's not just like set everything up and, and let it go. And I think that's what's interesting with this is that there's, you know, they want to get, it seems to be a real effort to try and get the community in the shape that they want it to mm. early on. Um, I think there's a lot of effort. I know that the, the Chinese super partners who've been sort of uh, working the, the, the test version already um, have been putting in a lot of work just trying to set the community standards that they kind of want to see in terms of interaction. And I think that's that's something that's sort of reflected throughout uh, oh. the approach. Without the tokenomics. Approach, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, so the community is going to be set up extent. without the tokenomics and then after... Well, What's funny is that even though you can't spend these, the you know, the tokens are just yeah, just sitting in your 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 owner account at the moment for the Chinese yeah, test users, but they act as if they <laughs> can sell them. You know, they're they're still, um, you know, they, they can't do anything with them yet, but but they are, um, you know, they still act as if that they can can spend them, and they know they're going to be able to spend them at some stage. Um, <laughs> so I think that the tokenomics. They're there in people's mind, you know, uh, even if um, even if it's not fully realized by being able to cash it out on an exchange. We have people asking about, uh, you know, airdrop, of course, or is the whole EOS Genesis snapshot, are they going to receive an airdrop of, with Ono tokens? How's that going to work? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, how many times yeah. have we answered this question, Leah? Uh, I'm sure every single day. <laughs> yeah. Every day is ask when. So I've been told that it's after the the Ono mainnet testnet hmm. is launched. Uh, I don't have a date again. I you know I really wish I did have a date, but it's, she said after the Ono testnet okay. is launched, yeah. the one to one Genesis uh, snapshot being used for the EOS airdrop. Yeah, it's always hard to project these dates ahead of time, especially with a huge project like this. But uh... yeah. Especially oh, no. because they're building several aspects of it all at once. It makes it really um, like there's never a dull day, right? Because um, there's just there's a lot going on. It's not it's not going to be just a, a dap. It's 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 turning into like a, an entire ecosystem. That's okay. what I think was different about how it was in the beginning and how it is now. So, yeah, decentralized social network is kind of the holy grail, I would say, for dapps. 
for all the blockchain projects coming out there. So it looks like Ono is picking good I did strides mention, so far. Um, I did want to mention one thing um, as far as some of the functionalities on the app itself is that in order to dislike someone's content, it costs you one O-naught. Oh, so, wow. so let's say an example, like someone has like 500 bots, like an entire botnet, and they want to downvote one person that they've chosen to be their enemy. Mm. Well, that's not going to be a lot of incentive. They'll have to spend like 500 O-naughts per day to just, you know, down dislike their stuff. Um, the other thing is your content is evergreen. That means that let's say I write this amazing thing that took me like 10 hours and I put my whole life into it. Right. Let's say in two months, someone from the outside, they find my article, they like it. They can make my article hot again and it can earn tokens again based on that organic, you know, um, someone creating a, my article again, ho- making it hot in the hot category. Wow. Interesting. So even years down the line, if you posted a cute picture of your cat and then the cat goes viral again, five years later, you still get more O-Nuts for it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Based on, you know, the organic activity and hopefully by that time we'll figure out really advanced tools to, to figure out like, okay, that's a botnet liking that's, that's going to be a big challenge, I believe. I'm not going to lie. I mean, bots are a huge challenge. I think we have to use advanced artificial intelligence to like, you know, identify this bot activity. And I think that's going to be one of the things. Do you have any thoughts on that, Sam? Uh, Look, I think so. I mean, um, I've spent a lot of time watching uh, the the super partners who are already in place on the Chinese test version uh, doing their job and watching their discussions in in WeChat. And uh, they seem pretty good at spotting this stuff so far, maybe because the people who've, who've tried to run uh, uh, bots or run sort of spam rings or so far, I mean, they're not putting a lot of effort in. It's really obvious. Uh, so I think um, it's going to require, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, hard work and, and vigilance. And, 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 you know, maybe we will have to sort of divert some funds into uh, getting the right uh, tools uh, set up to help us uh, do this. Uh, the main thing I think is that is if we can get you know the the membership you know who aren't bots the real you know people uh, at least into the habit of at least reporting uh, stuff that's obviously spam and, and 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 bots so that we know to look at it. Um, I think that's you know kind of a one of the things one of the norms that we want to set early on that that'll really help. Um, you know is to sort of encourage. Uh, membership to help us because that helps themselves you know the more um, the more bots they help us clean up um, the better everything is for them uh, and, and the network in general yeah well said i mean it's it's just been a problem for years and years the bot problem will never fully go away probably but hey i mean in a lot of ways ono will be solving a lot of other problems um that are currently present in facebook and you know, everybody gets to own the value that's produced from the social network. Yeah, yeah. Sounds amazing. And everyone, everyone gets, everyone retains control over their data. I mean, Odo doesn't collect really much, if anything, in the way of, of private data anyway. Um, yeah. And and so it's completely different. I mean, that's that's you know the thing. We're never going to have, um, you know, some sort of bizarre Cambridge Analytica scandal uh, with with Ono. Um, you know, not if I have anything to do with it anyway. Um, so, uh, but also because of how it's, I just don't think it's possible for us to, because you retain 
control over your own data. I don't think I don't think Ono could do that if it wanted to. Um, so uh, yeah, it does it does hopefully solve uh, a lot of problems that, are we that gonna, we've been stuck with so far. Guys, are we going to see the uh, campaigning for block producers of the Ono mainnet just like we've seen in EOS mainnet? Is that what's going to take place from uh, now until next year when it when it runs uh, the Ono mainnet is launched? I, I think, I think that's just what will naturally happen. Kay did a answer that question. Um, it's it's not a private chain or anything. So she said she confirmed that it is open to anyone that follows the uh, rules of consensus. At, you know the consensus mechanism they decide yes so i'm i'm sure this will happen it just it just is a natural result of there's an opportunity right we don't have the specifics now there there will be a website coming out they're building a website to to go into all those details it'll be um it'll be all clear how that works but yeah i don't have any specifics on it well, it's good to know that that Kate did say that it's not going to be a private chain. I think that was a, a concern for a lot of people. So yeah, no, no. She, if you knew Kay, you would know that it's it's not. I mean, she she's for um, you know, Lao Tzu is a big influencer on the white paper, and anyone that is familiar with Lao Tzu would would know that it's a Ono is playing a supportive role to allow a kind of organic growth and freedom of people is at the base of it. Good. The yeah. basis of that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for coming on. When, when, where should rather, where should people keep up with uh, Ono in terms of when you guys launch the international release, where should they know about it? First thing, jump on it. Um, probably the best place uh, to find us is in the uh, English uh, Telegram channel, uh, which I'm trying to remember the uh, username. Leah. <laughs> what's, um, oh, that's... Um, yeah, oh, no, US. That, I think we got it. Yeah, yeah, US. yeah, yeah, oh, no, US. Okay. Yeah, I, that's, that's the best channel. place. And, and, and if anything official is going to happen, that's, you know, where we're going to um, be announcing it. Very nice, guys. Yeah, thank you for uh, coming on. Oh, no, it sounds like it'll be a big deal. It already is a big deal in a lot of ways. So uh, this is pretty exciting hearing from you guys. Thank you for updating us. Cool. Last Thanks for us. on users is uh, 356,000. Wow. Whoa. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, Hopefully they're mostly people, right? <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> of putting the numbers out there just because, like, you know, but let's hope, let's hope that they're mostly people, right? Yeah. Still, it's, it's amazing. It's a lot more than the EOSCO yeah. forums, that's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thanks, thank you guys, for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, thank see you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Blue Jays, uh, yeah. Oh, no. So have you, uh, are you going to download Ono and make yeah, a Blue Jays sure. profile? Sure, why not? Why not? I'll, yeah. uh, it sounds like I'll you're be 356,000 or whatever it is. 357,000. Blue Jays counts for a thousand people all by his own, on his own. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like if, you know, if you're accruing those O-Not tokens right now, you're kind of ahead of the curve, I guess, right? I mean, you can't even trade them yet. You know, you just start accruing them and have them sitting there, and then when they finally are tradable, you go, wow, each O-Not is worth $1,000. Wow. I'm just, I have no idea what they'll be worth. Maybe 20 cents. Who knows, right? Yeah. Don't take financial advice from Kevin, guys. Never. Don't do it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
let's do a couple pieces of news, Blue Jays, and then Thomas will be on here in about five minutes. Okay, um, cool. What do you got first? All right, well, let's just start off with the big one. You ready? Yeah. Block one closes strategic investment round led by Peter Thiel and Bitmain. So right. Peter Thiel is a name that a lot of folks know if they're into technology in any respect or any fashion. Um, of course, he founded PayPal and uh, sold that off for, I think, four years later for many billions of dollars. And ever since, he's been a huge VC in technology, and he's been very successful in that respect. Um, right. And so he actually uh, led this round along with Jihan Wu, who is the either founder or co-founder of Bitmain. And they, they, of course, they produce those ASICs that help mine Bitcoins. And they also have a humongous ant pool, uh, BTC.com. They have a large group of stuff. So it sounds like even Bitmain is sort of progressing towards uh, the next generation of blockchain. Uh, and they have a couple good quotes talking about that, too, about how much they believe in EOS. Uh, have you read all the news? Have you looked into it, Debu Jays? Yeah, I looked into it. I mean, no, no terms were released or anything like that. But it definitely, just to be associated with those two uh key players in the it world uh peter thiel is known for his uh contrarian ways uh going against the grain but also knowing exactly where to invest his time and money so um it's it's very bullish in my eyes for for block one yeah and i was a couple things i was surprised about of course block one as far as i can tell they have a fair amount of money already yeah i was wondering why they raised more money what they might have in store um course i have no idea what their financials look like but to me it sounds interesting you have uh, any experience with vc funding and the background in that blue jays in terms of why they'd want to raise more money what might they be doing um i think it's 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 for connections it's for how to get things pushed through uh projects they, he brings a lot of credibility um yeah. we don't know what the terms were uh definitely but if 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 it's a deal with eos vc then it could be to provide more capital for them. Um, sure. I don't know if it's a part in the company itself or some EOS or whatever. The terms were not released. But just to be associated with him, with his connections, uh, with his reputation in the industry, especially in Silicon Valley. I know he was um, moving away from Silicon Valley. He's one of the proponents of you know, getting out of the valley and, and going elsewhere. So uh, he definitely thinks... Uh, not the norm, and he's uh, he thinks outside the box, and I think he's perfect partner for Block One in my mind. I agree, and in fact, someone on Reddit today actually posted a video of Peter Thiel talking about how he does not like Keynesian economics. He he's more of a fan of the uh, Austrian economics. Of course, Dan is a huge fan, you know, von Mises and everything. So uh, Keynesian economics, sort of more about the trickle down effect uh, that the current economy is based on the United States, you know, in terms of just release all the money to the more wealthy folks and it'll trickle down to the, down the, down the line to everybody else. Um, whereas Austrian economics is about empowering the individual so they can own their property and, and uh, provide liberty through ownership of property kind of thing. So I did not Peter know Thiel, that. it sounds like, yeah. yeah, it sounds like he's kind of, uh, he's aligned in terms of his interests and his beliefs, especially when it comes to economics. I'm I, sure he has a thing or two about it too. Did you ever yeah. see that, um, that, sitcom or show on silicon valley i mean on uh, hbo called silicon valley no mm -hmm. okay it's a it's a really cool show and and it, it was it was it was said that he was that the one of the main characters the billionaire in that show was based on peter thiel so it's uh if you ever get a chance check out that show okay i've heard they have a lot of cryptocurrency stuff on that show i've only read about it but yeah like there's there's been a lot of ties, similarities between EOS and that and that show I've I've seen around. 
Okay, I got you. Well, and the other thing too with this news news release, uh, Bloomberg picked it up and circulated it as well. So this is mainstream coverage here for Block One. Yeah. Um, it's pretty exciting stuff. I guess we'll see what comes out of it. I should say that Bitmain has actually been a block producer candidate for a while, and I believe they were in top 21 for a little bit too. They have since dropped significantly down the list. I don't know why. Um, however, they have been invested in EOS for longer than before this, just in terms of trying to help the actual mainnet blockchain, uh, not just block one. So uh, what's the next piece of news you see there, Blue Jays? Uh, Citibank Human Resources Managing Director James Mendez to join Block One as Chief People Officer. So it looks like it's a HR role that yeah. is there. Um, yeah, he was doing HR in, in Citibank. So there you go. The trend continues with uh, Block yeah. One hiring bankers. Very good. Wow. Bringing in the chiefs, huh? Chief People Officer. Yeah. Never heard of that term before. That's new. But, you know, you got to... Uh, Probably the guy who orders the pizza, right, for the office. There was it in there. It's like, hey, hey, guys, just to perk up your day a little bit, here's some pizza. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, when it comes to bankers, I, we saw that other guy. He's the head of the venture capital arm for Block One, and he came over from um, Mayata Jeffries, which is a group in Asia, I believe, a large banking group. Yeah, it was Asia so, or Australia, one of those ones. Well, the one before was Australia. That was the... Who was it? COO? COO. One of the other That's right. Yeah. And uh, so he came over a couple months ago. Yeah, we are seeing a lot of sort of big money type folks, uh, very talented, hardworking folks who've had successful careers coming over to Block One. I guess they right. uh, see the opportunity. So uh, we might have Thomas coming in here very shortly, but you have another piece of news for us. Blue Jay, we have a lot of news that happened this week. Yeah. So uh, we can go through it pretty quick. We talked about the Everpedia airdrops. So everybody enjoying their IQ, their IQ. Everybody's IQ went up a lot this week, uh, right? So depending on you, you might be a genius right now. So Kevin, uh, I'm, oh, I yeah. might be a super genius. Uh, K might be a super super genius, a super partner, and a super genius. Look at that! <laughs> so many super people around here. It's unbelievable. Right? I, mean, I never knew I I never knew so many super people before EOS. Yeah, the IQ token, man, it's it's already almost worth a billion dollars, right? The the market cap, last I saw it was like nine cents per IQ token. It started off at two cents, it went up to seven, went back down, and of course now it's back up again. Typical situation for an airdrop type token, it's just extreme volatility. So, you know, it's another uh, project uh, with just an outrageous sort of market cap out of the gate. I mean, if it's at, let's just say it's at $1 billion for market cap, where does that put it here? Let's see. It's about number twenty, number twenty-one on the list, just below Omisgo, I should say. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, if they are indeed still at nine cents or close to ten cents, uh, putting them at it. So yeah, and I hope my numbers are correct there. But uh, anyway, so I guess folks can start uh, curating content on Everpedia now and earning the IQ tokens as well. Um, you can start using Scatter on their site. I believe it is sort of a beta version or an MVP, maybe even. Um, but as far as I've heard. Right? Have you have you tested it out already, Blue Jays? Have you written up an Everpedia article about yourself? No, but I can't wait to. Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Speaking of uh, air grab, so Riddle uh, has has done an air grab, and we talked about that earlier. If you guys want to check it out, check it out at uh, https forward slash forward slash riddle dot get dash scatter dot com. Um, yeah, um, go NS James. Yeah, last I heard, he's putting out a game. Uh, a desktop, a proof of concept game. So it's going to be a few first person shooter. I think we talked about this last week, maybe. 
or maybe not. It might even be new news since last week because that guy has just been working 24-7, apparently. So he, he put out the scattered desktop version, and that was designed or is a great uh, – one of the great use cases for that scattered desktop ac- application is for games. Um, therefore, you can just be in the game collecting your tokens, whatever the tokens might be, um, and then they will be recorded automatically with your scatter identity, which is really cool. So you don't have to pop in and out or pay transaction fees or whatever else. You know, Just shoot people. That's all you have to do. Think about shooting and getting to the top of the leaderboard and not dying, and that's kind of the – his model for that game is if you sh- if you kill people, you earn tokens. Yeah. If you die, you lose tokens. So you don't want to die. There you go. Uh, better uh, um, fire up your your keyboard skills there, Blue Jays. How's your shooting game? Are you? Yeah, I should have a gaming keyboard, so I should probably try that game. I've heard that gaming keyboard. It's quite loud. <laughs> it's yeah, that's... clink 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 clink. Yep, that's right. Yeah, dude. Um, we got some other cool news on here. Uh, so Block Twitter blew up EOS, man. It. Well, didn't literally blow up EOS, but it it gave it a good stress test. Uh, I think I I tweeted out a chart there um, that shows how much uh, actions um, mm. Block Twitter was actually doing, and it, it eclipsed everything else by 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 a huge margin. So, yeah. and then and EOS did top one point two thousand transactions per second, which mm. just crushes anything else uh, in in the in in the blockchain industry. So. Yeah, Ethereum's at 15 transactions per second. Bitcoin's at four. And we have 1.1200 transactions per second with EOS. That's pretty wow. great. Well, activity, of course, that was more of a stress test, I believe, is what some people were saying. Um, and so EOS jumped up to number three, I believe, on Blocktivity for a little bit there, above Ethereum. And so you had BitShares, number one, Steam, number two, and EOS, number three. Congratulations, Dan Larimer, yes. on those achievements there. But uh, So now it's back down to number four behind Ethereum uh, because I believe the stress test must be over. Nonetheless, man, it, it's just great to see. I mean, what other what other questions can we have about the speed of EOS at this point, right? It's up, it's we, running. We just need to see it, it in action, and uh, I think people need to see that. So we're looking forward to those apps like Everpedia and Ono to show you know what what it's capable of. Have you used Block Twitter at all? No, they don't even have the website registered. You can oh. go register blocktwitter.com if you wanted to. I think so. Oh, oh wow. yeah I, I don't know what they're doing with that so i think they had uh there's decent twitter that came out a little bit ago that was it's, caesar it's, yeah it's not the same thing different okay yeah that was more like a, another proof of concept type thing he just whipped that up really quick yeah we talked about that a couple of weeks ago too on the show right. um, we should also talk about dan's three-step plan that he put out for lowering the eos account creation costs yeah. and guess what blue days this is a talk about ram ram yep i don't have the button anymore Oh, um, okay. But right. yeah, so he talked about how you can lower the account costs by each account not needing as much. I think it's four kilobytes now, but he said he mm-hmm. can he can lower it all the way down to five hundred and twelve bytes. So that that significantly lowers the cost by yeah by almost eight times or something like that. So he's got and he lays out all the other plans that he has in order to to lower the 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 RAM. Uh, costs so and as we see with the with the air grab thing um and for example actually ram prices have been coming down to a more reasonable level so things are all working itself out yeah and so his three step i mean he's talking about increasing ram supply is number one for him and he's actually been sort of pushing this as well in telegram to the block producers because you know here's the plan i believe right now he wants to add 64 gigabytes per year but he wants to do it per block, which is about one kilobyte added per block per tra- every half second. 
That's right. Um, so it'll be a gradual increase, kind of a linear increase, right? Um, whether or not that will actually impact the RAM price too much, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's still a steady increase for the speculators that they know about, right? Yeah. So they understand that uh, it's still a fixed supply, right? It's still a scarce resource, depending on how quickly EOS goes to the moon, as they say, right? Depending on how many DApp developers come along and try to build the next uh, crypto kitties on EOS. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. And the next thing you said, step two is lower account memory usage. That's, that's what you just talked about. Um, uh, one, yeah, so he's going to do it down to 512 bytes. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess they went back into sort of researched, and this is interesting too, because he's, they've talked about how having a RAM market will actually sort of encourage DAP developers to come in and use RAM as scarcely as possible, right? They'll be as efficient as they possibly can when it comes to RAM use. And so block one themselves actually went in and it looks like they reviewed their use of RAM themselves, right? And how it had, had been, had been, uh, utilized for, for DAPs. So the final thing we should talk about too, this is exciting for some folks, step three for Dan, free accounts with the block one iOS wallet. Uh, and that has yet to be released, of course. Dan has hinted about this a little bit in Telegram about how secure it will be and how it'll be better than KYC um, using biometrics. He's even said secure enclave, which would be the touch ID, you use your, your fingerprint to uh, log into your hardware wallet on your phone or your Very cool. iPod or your MacBook or whatever the case is. So he has the three-step plan. Now there are some folks who still say there needs to be more that needs to happen to kind of reduce the speculation and the hoarding of RAM and to hopefully reduce the cost more for dApps. Because in the end, what we all want is more dApps on EOS, right? Yeah. Um, however, right now, only the very high quality dApps, I guess you could say, the ones with funding or with significant, who want to put significant stake in the game, they're the ones who can afford to airdrop right now and to build on EOS. Right. So it's kind of a two-sided sword. You have the, I guess, the higher quality, as you could say, or the better funded projects, they can still do it. And uh, therefore, the bar is high with EOS. Uh, I think Thomas Cox is coming in very soon. I see him lurking here. Yep, there he is. There he is. Greetings. Hello, sir. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Doing well. Congratulations to Kevin on his big move. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. We, uh, As we mentioned at the top of the show, I'm with EO Southwest Eden now, block producer candidate, or block producer, I should say, moved up to 13th. I'm very proud of them. But they're always been one of my favorites, um, and so I'm very happy to be with them. Now, when it comes to this show, we're still trying to keep it kind of relaxed, um, so just trying to keep this going every Monday. So thank you for coming on. Put your neutral hat, your hat on. <laughs> Try not to be too. He's had a lot of practice being neutral, so it shouldn't be hard. It's true. Yeah. Right. I feel like I've been able Super. to uh, uncork my tongue a little bit more somewhat in terms of just saying what I really actually feel. Yeah. So it's been nice somewhat in, in Telegram. Yes, I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so Thomas, what have you been up to? What's going on? Uh, let's see. I'm in preparing for my big trip to uh, Asia, flying out tomorrow to Seoul, South Korea, for the um, the first of two EOS conferences, the uh, EOS Community Conference in Seoul for two days, the 20, 20th and 21st, I believe. Uh, maybe, yeah, we have a dinner on the 19th, and then the 20th is a day of um, typical sort of scheduled speeches, presentations, and whatever. Uh, and then the 21st, that Saturday, is a, an unconference dedicated to governance. It is our first ever live in person, unconference structured, uh, Korea based uh, attempt to get input on governance, whether it's constitution, RAM market, voting, smart contracts, Ricardian contracts, reg producer, anything around governance whatsoever will be fair game. And the outcome will be published. We think we'll be able to live stream portions of that on conference. 
you can't unstream an entire unconference because it's too parallel. It's insane. You can't do it. Um, but in between the breakouts, you have these report outs, and those are very linear, and you can stream those very, very well. So about every hour or so, I think we'll probably do some sort of recording or live streaming of whatever comes out of getting a bunch of smart people in a room to focus and do deep dives on governance issues, whether it's free speech or vote buying or, you know, sock puppets and toxic voters and whatever. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. So I'm looking forward to that very, very much. And then after that's over on the 22nd, we all fly, or a lot of us are going to fly to Shanghai for mm. the 23rd when they have the big EOS family day, oh. which is hosted by Gravity, is it? EOS Canon and I think a couple of others. Okay. Uh, probably just about everybody out there. There's a few block producers out there in Shanghai. It's, yeah, and a lot of folks are flying in. It's attendance is really significant. The unconference on Saturday that I mentioned in Seoul, they've got. 120 people registered, which is a ludicrously high number for non-conference. That's going to be an interesting challenge. And 80 of the 120 are, are Westerners flying in. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's cool. So I'm hoping we'll also get a bunch of local Koreans who might register last minute. Uh, we'll see. But as with the rule with unconferences is whoever shows up are the right people to show up. And whatever happens is exactly what should have happened. So it, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. That's pretty neat. When it comes to that EOS family day, you guys going to do a three-legged race or like an egg toss? What are the <laughs> potato sack I, it's race? It's up to them. I, I'm just going to show up and smile and, and be a good sport and see what happens. Nice. Uh, and Thomas, when it comes to so, what are, what has been on your mind lately? What's been the uh, kind of the pertinent issues with EOS? Uh, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about um, well, governance, of course, that's kind of my thing, uh, and in particular about you know what it is that we need and what we already have uh, and then what we need next. In fact, if you don't mind, can I share something with you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been, I put together some slides. Uh, oof. See if this works. Can you see that? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me just, Ho hopefully it'll be visible to the audience. There I know that this funky wirecast thing sometimes truncates things in odd ways, but I'll make sure that the link to the slides is available. We can see your entire screen now. Wonderful. Uh, and so, you know, what does it mean to govern things and what do you need for governance? And the answer from all the research I've been doing for the last nine months and more, and just my whole like life in politics and public policy interest and whatnot before that, uh, narrows it down pretty well. I'm going to back up a slide here and show you my source for this. Uh, Governing the Commons is the book by Eleanor Ostrom, who won the she was a co-winner of the 2009 Nobel Prize in Economics. Uh, and she looked at successful communities who actually governed common pool resources uh, well for a minimum of 100 and up to 1,000 years. So this so is research-based. This was research. This was in theory. This is research-based on successes of like normal everyday people, uh, you know, not necessarily highly educated, but they were working on the thing that was like feeding their family. So this was like high stakes stuff here. And what communities that were successful all had these eight things, one of which is the ability to define your group boundaries, like who's in and who's out, who can, who can harvest the fish and who can't, and, and who's allowed to have a say in the matter and who can't. Uh, another is to match the rules to whatever your local conditions are. So she has, one of her examples is um, an irrigation system that was managed for hundreds of years. 
by the locals. And they had like four or five different groups. Only one of them did an auction of water and the other ones didn't do an auction. And the ones that did an auction had this big catch pool where they could look at the water and see how much was there. And the other ones had no such setup and they could just figure out how much time that they wanted to open the, the sluice gates for. And so you can imagine some do-gooder from, you know, Harvard going to DC and saying, everyone should have auctions. It's like, no, they should pick for themselves if they should have auctions because it'll match their own you know, local conditions. Uh, number three, ensure that the people affected by the rules can participate in modifying the rules. Uh, make sure the rulemaking rights of this community are respected by outside authorities mm -hmm. so that the pinheaded Harvard people going to Washington, D.C. don't dictate local things. You'll, re you'll recall the quote from Thomas Jefferson that if we were told when to sow and when to reap by Washington, we would soon want bread. Uh, central com command and control doesn't work. Uh, next, uh, number five, community members can monitor each other's behavior because, of course, a common pool resource, there's a temptation to like, I'll just take an extra fish, who's going to notice? And then I've got one more. Uh, you can't let that go. You got to be able to monitor and assess graduated sanctions for rule violators and have low cost accessible ways to dis re resolve your disputes. Number eight is nested tiers. So your, your small groups have their own way of doing things and then they roll up into larger groups or roll up into even bigger groups. You know, in the irrigation case, all the farmers that shared a single sluice gate were one group. And then all the ones that had gates on a single feeder line each of those gate groups would send somebody up to the feeder line group to represent their interests. And then the feeder line guys would elect a couple of guys to go up to the main unit and represent their interests and so forth. And so they started at the grassroots and that was the most important thing. And to have this nesting capability. And so I wanna look at how this plays out on our blockchain today. So, because if we're serious about governing ourselves, we need to know this. Uh, the clear group boundaries. Well, it's token holders who signed the constitution. That's tremendously important, knowing who's in and who's out. Uh, matching the rules. Yeah, we have blockchains and you can create an enclave. You can, you know, Dan is hard at work on his DAP solution. That's going to be super cool. And it's going to have its own rules. And if you opt into his, you know, subset of the greater EOS space, that's going to be great, right? You have your own local conditions, local rules. Uh, participate in modifying the rules. We have a referendum and discussion groups and the referendum is not yet online, but we're getting there. Uh, number four, how do we make sure our rulemaking rights are respected by outside authorities? I don't think people understand this one. It is tremendously important. Mm -hmm. We use the UNCITRAL based arbitration, the UN, I can't remember what the acronym stands for. I'm sorry. You can look it up. Uh, but UNCITRAL-based arbitration is respected in over 150 countries around the world who all signed the 1958 New York Convention on respecting foreign arbitral rulings, which means blockchains aside, if you have an arbitration ruling from an arbitrator that follows an UNCITRAL-based rule set, and you take that to any court in any one of the 150 plus countries that have signed, and if you try to say, well, I want to I change this ruling, the court's going to say no because every one of those 150 plus countries sign, has their own arbitration act on the books that says our courts will respect rulings that come from this system. And what this means is all of the countries of the world that are signed into this, including China, including Russia, including the United States, 
all of Euro zone, the South America, North America, all the big countries that are going to, you know, might have the heft to throw their weight around and hurt our blockchain have all signed on to this. And if our arbitrators follow the uncentral rule set, which our rule set is based on, and they issue a ruling, the, the precedent is very clear. Local courts will say, this is binding. It follows the rules. And so we are, we worked very hard to make sure that Ostrom's rule number four is baked into uh, the EOS uh, design. And people don't seem to understand this. It's one of the most important things we've got. UNCITRAL stands for United Nations Commission on International Trade Law. Thank you. Yeah, that's international commerce. It, it's exactly the kind of stuff we're talking about doing on blockchains. Yeah. Let's look at the other uh, rules five through eight. You know, can we monitor each other's behavior? Thank goodness, yes, we're a blockchain. We can monitor all kinds of stuff. Uh, graduated sanctions are possible. We haven't really implemented them yet. But with Ricardian contracts, with a constitution, we have the arbitrators and the ability soon to have sudo, uh, this is doable, but it's not proven. And until it's been done a few times, people are going to be anxious about it. Uh, number seven is low cost dispute resolution. We have an open market for arbitration. Anybody can start an additional arbitration forum. Uh, anybody can be a standalone arbitrator. All you need is two parties in a contract to name you as their arbitrator. And then you are. Uh, and then of course, ECAF is the default arbitration for anything that wasn't specified, but any two people in a dispute can pick a new arbitrator at any time. And then uh, nested tiers, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, we're totally ready to handle nested tiers immediately. That was, again, part of our design from the beginning. So thank you for letting me go all show and tell on you there. Uh, but you can see how incredibly important it is that if we are going to manage our own uh, community, if we're going to have an effective management of our common pool resources of RAM, CPU, network bandwidth, uh, all the effort that the block producers put in for the common good that we want to put out, right? How do you allocate bandwidth today? You stake tokens. It's mechanistic. It's clear. If you try to take more than your share, you can't. Why? Because of the way it's made. And, and this is just incredibly important for us to be able to, to tell the world this and to remind ourselves we've got very high functioning uh, governance today, if only we would use it. Yeah. I've told a number of people who complain about, oh, EOS uh, cleaner, BP cleaner, they're, they're like not okay. They're violating the, the reg producer uh, agreement, which by the way, they are. Uh, and... Not only are they violating it, but they are, when they take money from the, the chain, they're stealing because the reg producer command that they're executing when they've signed up to be a block producer says that they will only, that you're only allowed to take money for being a block producer or for getting votes if you follow the rules in this contract and they're breaking them, right? It's obvious. And when I tell people, well, you know, why? They're, they're breaking it. And they complain, well, ECAF isn't doing anything. And that's why I ask, have you filed a dispute against them? Mm -hmm. Because arbitrators don't go wandering the landscape looking for things to rule on. You have to make a case and bring it to them. Arbitrators can only rule on cases that are brought, not cases that should be brought. 
So if you're a block producer and you're not happy, go file a flipping dispute. So I'm going to wrap up here with something I think is really important. What does governance still need on, on the EOS blockchain? Uh, we need more arbitrators. ECAF is shorthanded. Uh, we also need more alternative arbitration forums. I know those are coming, but we need them. We need uh, enforcement powers, the sudo power by block producers. I think that'll be in place by August, I hope, uh, maybe sooner. Well, it's already late July. Uh, hopefully tested and proven. We need the referendum contract, which I know is coming very soon. Um, we need a demand for honest block producers by Thomas, the voters. are you sharing the right screen there? We're, see we're seeing your desktop with the uh, files open. What? Yeah. Damn it, it was such a good set of slides too. <laughs> Try again. Sorry, I get, I get very caught up. I get very excited. There we go. Yeah. So I, I will re recap. More arbitrators, yes? Yeah. Uh, enforcement powers. Referendum contract. Demand for honest block producers by voters. Enforcement action against vote buyers and sellers, which is not that hard to do. Not that hard to do. Yeah. If anybody out there has been, been approached to buy or sell a vote, Take good records, take them to arbitration, and ask for 10% of whatever gets confiscated. Hmm. Key recovery implemented by Block 1. Um, that's going to be really important because most of the ECAF complaints right now or, or cases that have been brought are simple lost keys. And yeah. it's really not a proper arbitration function. Basically, it's disputed title. And title disputes are very long and slow and expensive. So yeah. uh, we are... Now, okay, that's kind of a long, it seems like a long list of things we need. Uh, I could make a longer list of all the stuff we've got. Yeah. We have a lot. We're in, we're in decent shape and we, we're not done. And we need to uh, build some things out. And we need to be good stewards of the chain uh, and create the community we want to live in. What are you doing? Hey, sorry, oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, what are you trying to achieve out in this Asia trip coming up? Right. Um, my big desire is to uh, take all of the work that was done in Constitution version one and any and all of the good ideas in Constitution version two, which Dan came up with. Uh, and then all of the ideas from the whole community, including latecomers who weren't involved in April and May when we did the version one uh, creation uh, and give everybody a forum to start to debate and discuss and work on a, a version three constitution draft that can be put into a referendum, go head to head with Dan's version two, and even against version one, which will of course be a contender, and when may the best constitution get the most votes and win. Uh, and I don't wanna see a constitution go up that hasn't gotten as much input as humanly possible and that's why it's so important for me to go to, uh, to China and Korea. They've got an enormous number of token holders and they just, they just haven't been as included as we all think, I think we all would have wished. Mm -hmm. I know we tried to include them in April and May. It, just, it was really heavy going. Yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't clued in. We didn't have as many information communication mechanisms as we do now. Uh, and I think people just need to see each other face to face. I mean, virtual is all well and good, but. At some point, you kind of like got to see somebody's face and shake their hand and, and sit down and break bread with them. Right. Yeah, Telegram only goes that far, for sure. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Tone of voice is a big deal. <laughs> uh, Thomas, after reviewing Ostrom's eight rules for governing um, common resources, how do you look at Dan's version two of the Constitution 
Uh, how, what do you see so far that could be improved upon in your opinion? I, I'm concerned that it doesn't seem to have any mechanism for uh, defending the blockchain against external authorities, which is rule number four. He's throwing out the uncentral based arbitration and replacing it with nothing as far as I can see. Uh, and he means, well, we don't need any arbitration. Well, you're going to have to defend the chain against external law enforcement and claim that you're handling things internally. Uh, and the only way to claim that you're handling things internally is is uncentral. That's kind of the only thing, only game in town. So without that, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, we also don't have any way for people to uh, hold each other accountable and settle their disputes in his constitution. He wants it all up at some hypothetical, magical level two that doesn't exist yet. And if it doesn't exist yet, then why should I trust it? Uh, I, I want something that we can run on a test net that looks a lot like what we've already tried in the world that has stood the test of time. Uh, this is not this is not the environment in which we should say, "Hey, I have an idea," and rush it into production just to see what happens. That's what test nets are for. You can do that in pre-production, okay? Pre-launch, we did that in Blacksburg all the time. I can't count how many times Dan said, "I have an idea." And we would like throw out weeks of work and start something new. And often it was cool and sometimes it wasn't, but it was always interesting. But this isn't that environment. We are live. Mm -hmm. This is people's real money is at stake here. Uh, and Dan wants to, you know, throw away all, all, anything about lost keys, stolen keys or theft. Just throw it away. I'm like, I'm not sure what we're replacing that with. Now, maybe I'm just slow and it's obvious to everybody but me, but I, I don't get it. And I, I don't think that's going to play well frankly. As far as you know, uh, Thomas, is that, does Dan have any real concerns uh, technically uh, when it comes to inter-blockchain communication and the use of arbitration and freezing accounts? Like, is there any conflict there that's going to stop inter-blockchain communication from happening technically? Inter-blockchain communication is purely, um, to the best of my knowledge, and I, I admit I don't understand it all that well, um, but the way I understand it happening is you have a light client on your chain that looks at the other chain and, and can provide on your local chain a proof of what's true over there. And they do the same thing where they have a light client for your chain. And then you can do an exchange where you each agree that something is the case. It's kind of a two-phase commit in, in distributed databases, only a little more elaborate. And the way you would, quote, move a token is the token never leaves. What you do is you'll say you're going to like quote move unquote 100 tokens of EOS from the main net to a, to some other net. What really happens is you lock the 100 tokens up in, in, in a vault, you know, in a contract, and you prove it's locked. And on the other side, they're like, okay, it's locked up. So we're going to give you credit over here. As long as it's locked up over there, I'll give you credit here. Uh, it's a little like, try to imagine banking in the Middle Ages and you deposit a hundred gold coins at the Medici bank in Florence. And they send a letter somewhere saying, okay, he's got a hundred. And then over in like Brazil or somewhere, they're like, okay, you've got a hundred on account, go ahead and spend it. And they're, you know, corresponding back and forth. So let each other know how much of that hundred you've by spent. Pi by pigeon, of course. By pigeon or, yeah. or you know, boats or whatever. And, and at some point it'll say, okay, he's done spending. He'd like whatever's left. And then they send back a note of whatever's left. And then they unlock the hundred. They keep the part you've spent. They give you back whatever you got. But the hundred coins never left the Medici bank in Florence, but they were locked up in a contract, mm -hmm. which allowed you to access them in the other chain. Okay. And this is just scratching the surface of what's possible. And by the way, if I've totally butchered it and my, simile, and my metaphor is horrifically bad, please correct me. 
I am dying to understand blockchain communication better than I currently do. I think we all are. I think we're all waiting to see a real live demonstration. So it's not just us. Yeah. Um, Thomas, we had a very interesting topic. And Thomas, so we had, uh, so Jeff in the, in the chat is asking about Telos, which is the new fork. I guess you could call it. They're using the EOS IL software to launch a new EOS blockchain. They're making some changes as well. And he was looking for your opinion or your thoughts on Telos. Uh, so I think Telos is the one where they, uh, they put a haircut on all the whales so that all the big accounts got shrank. They, the, the maximum account size is like 40,000 or something, right. um, which eliminated like 90% of all tokens. <laughs> Which tells you how lopsided the distribution was. Uh, I think that's a fascinating uh, exploration. And if they're doing it off the Genesis block, I just want to say I have a small account in the unregistered uh, account section. So if Telos would like to unlock my locked tokens from the unregistered account, there's 158 of them, and I'd be delighted to uh, have access on Telos to those. There you go. They can figure out how to get to them. Nice. Uh, I, I echo Dan when I say, look, we need a bunch of these. The more, the better. The more chains we have with more variety of rule sets, the more choices and options we have, and the more robust the ecosystem is. The downside could be that we get a, a bunch of shallow pools instead of one deep one. I understand the risk of that. I don't think that's likely to happen. I think that Talos is probably going to be a little bit of a specialty chain for a while until it either has a use case that's incredibly compelling, mm-hmm. or we start seeing whale abuse on mainnet and people flee for the high ground, uh, which would likely be a Telos or, or an equivalent. Right. Um, by the way, I have a, not sure if, are you ready for something a little speculative? Sure. sure. We never okay. do that here, but yeah. So I've, I've, I've told a few people about this and I think it's, we're ready to start to unveil it a little bit. I warn you it's a little, not maybe quite ready to come out of the oven. It's not maybe not fully baked, but it's, it's getting there. What do we do? about bad actor voters who currently seem to have put this uh, EOS cleaner in in power and also appear to have about six or seven other sock puppet block producers down around like 40th place ready to be shot up into into production. Uh, And if they got 15 of those, which we don't have that many tokens voting right now. So if there's a bunch of them waiting in the wings, they could very rapidly put up 15 or more sock puppet block producers. And if the sudo command existed, they could use it. They could Mm -hmm. use it to zero out other block producers. They could use it to change people's keys and lock them out of voting against them. They could completely take over the net and run rampant, move money around, whatever. Um, The sudo command is very... Um, powerful and risky. It's just like pseudo on Unix. Uh, and so the risk of bad actors creating creating sock puppet block producers, to me, is very, very serious. Uh, and so what do you do about that? And I've asked, you know, around and I've thought about, are there ways to lock up the pseudo power so it takes like 30 days for something to happen? I, that may not be sufficient safeguard. I don't know. Um, so what I formulated, I, because I've been reading Thomas Schelling's um, uh, The Strategy of Conflict, which is about you know, warfare and strategy and uh, making credible threats and deterrence and so forth, I've come up with what is probably not done being thought on, but it's, this is my start. 
is come up with a list of criteria for what makes a block producer untrusted and declare, and we'd have to be a bunch of us, you know, in some sort of, you know, leadership, quasi leadership position, much of maybe block producers, big token holders, luminaries in the community. We'd have to say, look, if when the moment a seventh one of these block producers, these, these sock puppets, these, these very untrusted, untrustworthy uh, entities gets into power as a block producer. Seven is magical because it denies the good guys the ability to get to 15. It blocks the sudo. If they get to 15, game's over. But even if they get to seven, you're now stopped from, from using your enforcement powers. So the, the deal would be this, the moment a seventh block producer gets in the money is making blocks that meets these you know, clear criteria. They don't have to be fair criteria, just have to be clear. The minute seven of them are in power, we will fork the chain and every wallet that voted for one of those sock, produce, sock puppet producers is reduced to zero hmm. on the new fork. And we're all leaving for the new fork. Right. The minute we get to seven, we're pushing the button and we're gone. And if we practice it and rehearse it a few times, we could get it down to about an hour, maybe wow. less. Hit the eject button. That's yeah. Hit the eject button. And congratulations, <laughs> you've just taken over an empty husk. Enjoy. Yeah. Yep. Have fun without us. <laughs> uh, and that is, it's technically doable. Um, it goes after the wallet instead of going after the sock puppets, which is pointless. They're like heads of a hydra. You cut off when you get two more. In um, zeroing out somebody's wallet for behaving in a way that is provably or at least arguably uh, toxic, um, that's that's a real threat. And it's the only threat I think some people uh, believe in. And if you don't have the ability to make credible threats, you don't have the ability to create the preconditions for cooperation. And I invite you to read uh, The Origins of Virtue by Matt Ridley, read Ostrom, read Thomas Schelling, uh, read any book on trust, uh, and really get to know how human systems work. And you will find that if you take away all ability to punish and all ability to uh, sanction your, your peers in, in cooperative games, you do promote bad behavior. Uh, and when you allow people, they have even small punishments, even small ways of saying, hey, that wasn't cool, man. We didn't like that. It don't have to be huge sanctions, even tiny ones make a difference because it helps people where the edges and the boundaries of society are. Uh, so we're, we, have to, we have to mature our ability to respond to these uh, toxic wallets that are out there voting for very sketchy uh, block producers. And we got to get ahead of the, the game. We can't just be reactive. So that's, that's where do I'm coming you, from right now. Do you think this would be, still be a, a problem when after block one voted? Um, that's just it. If, if it happens before block one votes, or if there's enough of these toxic whales to overpower the hundred million votes, it won't matter. Yeah. You know, once Sudo falls into the wrong hands, that, that, that game is over because they can zero out the key by which block one would have voted hmm. because Sudo would let you do that. Sudo is a very dangerous power. This is why we always predicated the safety and the functioning of this network on enlightened self-interest on the parts of voters. And we haven't seen that enlightened self-interest, I think because some people are still playing the zero-sum game Bitcoin uh, approach of I can do anything I want to and you can't stop me, ha, ha, ha. And so far it's been true because we haven't done anything. Yeah. 
And I just assume not have to use any of these powers, but we'd better have them. I almost wonder, I don't know much about the Bitfinex voting portal, but uh, are we able to distinguish those wallets that are on Bitfinex and then voting as a proxy towards the block producers? Because that's, that's what they're doing right now. Uh, I don't think that Bitfinex are the bad actors here. I'll have to double check, but the ones I'm most worried about are 19 privately held wallets for which no user or owner information is available. Okay. Hmm. And we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and we had uh, a question here from Modern Liberty uh, about the possibility of funds recourse on EOS helping to bring in nervous investors. You just wanted to know your kind of opinion on bringing nervous investors in. Now, if we have, so if we have sudo out there or sudo, however you want to pronounce it, does that kind of scare people off in your mind or is that? Uh, it, for well, it needs, it should do both. Without sudo, we have no ability to enforce arbitrator rulings that I know of and yeah. no ability to do about half to three quarters of the things that we promised in the version one and version two white papers. Uh, without sudo, I think that the chain falls apart in about three months. So I don't think sudo is an option. I think it's mandatory, but we have to bring it in with safeguards. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think ultimately what people is going to make nervous investors less nervous is a track record of us facing our problems and solving them internally. Instead of hiding them, right? Well, we, no, you never want to hide your problems. I, I, that's what would worry me. If someone, oh, everything's great over here. Yeah, there's not a single problem in the world. Come on, this is crypto. Everyone's got problems. Yeah. Well said, yeah. Well, when it comes and also for proxy, so Ted is asking a question about delegates. I believe he's talking about proxies. Um, people who sort of proxy their vote off and just kind of forget about it, just assume the proxy is doing a good thing. And then the proxy starts doing their own thing or they start abusing the power. Um, is there some kind of way to de disable the proxy or is there some way to take recourse against the proxy? That's a great question. Uh, we'll have to look seriously. We've got to set this up in a test net and run a whole bunch of scenarios. The proxy will be one yeah. of them. I, I remember I said this wasn't fully baked. That's an example of it not being, I don't have the faintest idea. We yeah. got to figure that out. Yeah. It's a great question though. Yeah. It seems like there are a lot of things that we couldn't quite, when it comes to real money being thrown around, right. And how people will act when the real money starts flowing, we, there's no way to really test that out. Right. It's just how the chain launched and we found these things out after the fact kind of. Yeah. I think it's pretty well known that several things just weren't in place that we kind of, assumed would be or hoped would be. We just didn't get to them. Uh, referendum is the obvious one. We've always said there'll be referenda. Uh, and we launched before that contract was ready because it was time to launch. We ran out of time. I mean, at some point you run out of runway and you got to pull up the nose and take off and fly with what you got. And if you didn't bring it with you, you better make it on board. Fortunately, we've got an incredibly uh, clever and, and committed community of very technical people who are doing amazing things. EOS Nation, EOS Canada, uh, I can't even count all the block producer teams that are doing uh, stellar work on the referendum, on the forum, uh, on the worker proposal system and so forth. So uh, I think we've got some very exciting days ahead of us and we've got some real problems. We've got to face them. Right. Yeah. I just have an update on the referendum I got from Daniel Keyes. Uh, he said they, they proposed a implementation that was going to be a tweak to the EOSIO forum uh, code and uh, that way you can get the votes um, off-chain tally, and then you can have an on-chain tally as phase two that they're working on. So um, there's there's a couple phases that, that will go first um, and then a second phase after that. 
Good, good. And well, we got to run them on test nets, man. We got to start testing this stuff out really strongly. Anybody that's interested in this stuff, you know, make yourself known, go over to the EOSGov uh, channel. And, and, you know, I think we need to sign up a couple of block producers to run a governance test net and start putting some of these ideas into practice and game them out and do, you know, the red force and the blue force and yeah. just try, try a bunch of things, try and take over the net, you know, try and get, get the toxic whale force in there and try and take things over, try to stop them, try to misuse the power, try to block the misuse. Would you like to see a test of the, the referendum code before we actually use it? I'm sorry. If you replace the word <laughs> referendum with any other word, don't you think the answer is always going to be, yeah, yes, of course I want to see course. the code flip and tested. <laughs> Mother, I think the 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 appetite for people people are being a little bit impatient now. They they want that referendum code out there so people that they can use so, it, right? God, crypto is so weird, man. Our the blockchain. If you took all the people on the planet and you lined them up on a spectrum from the most patient to the most <laughs> impatient, you find that the only people doing blockchain are all down here at the impatient end of the spectrum. There's other people that were impatient who aren't in blockchain, yeah. but there's no one in blockchain that's not impatient as far as I can tell, except possibly Sam Saposnik. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's been a week already. I mean, the, 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 the Seoul conference was put together in a week, three weeks, or three weeks before the go date. Right. It's like, yeah. who puts on a major event in less than a year? Yeah. Well, in crypto, it's like, uh, a month is plenty. <laughs> Crazy. It's like, yeah, we'll just deploy it in production. What could, what could possibly happen? <laughs> Stop it. This is a production chain now. You don't get to be quite that cowboy. With billions of dollars of value flying around, too. Yeah, with billions of dollars of value flying around. And no pseudo to, to bail you out. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, when it comes to funding ECAF, this is a question that uh, should hopefully be put to the block producers at some point, but do you believe the ECAF should be funded by the block producers and in what fashion? Um, this is very tricky because if you give money to ECAF and then you end up with a case in ECAF, it can look like a conflict of interest, yeah. whether or not you know the arbitrator hearing your, your case ever even finds out you gave money or cares. Uh, and so ECAF has to be careful who it takes money from. Um, and if I were a block producer, would I want to be the only one and looking like I'm trying to bribe the judge? Would I want to try and do it collaboratively in a group? Do I do it one time? Do I do it with a stream of money or just a one-time donation? Ah. And of course, there's no precedent to fall back on. It's another problem. Um, we knew pre-launch that it would have been wise to set some money aside and give it to ECAF. And we realized that there was literally no extra money, that mm. the Genesis block consisted of exactly what it consisted of, right? The 100 million for block one and 900 million for the people who bought it. And that's it. And there is no extra. And the only you know, flow of money is from interest. And that's all accounted for 4% into savings and 1% to block producers, period. So we thought, well, yeah, shouldn't we like fund them with a little like early money to like get set up. And there was just, there was nothing to do. There was no availability. I'm like checking my pockets for, you know, lint and spare quarters. Yeah. Uh, and so we thought, well, well, we'll appeal to the worker proposal system, but that's taking a while to come online. Yeah. So, so what's left? Um, 
Ramphies. If it were me, and it's not, it, it's not, I stress it's not, but if it were me, um, I would say, hey, all the block producers should create a block producer uh, political action committee or, or trade association. It's like all the builders in town belong to the builders association, right? All the carpenters are in the carpenters union or they should be. And that's a way to do collective action for your, your business entity separate from society. And so then if the block producers had a block producer trade association, I don't know what you'd call it, and then there were dues, and then they could vote on whether the association should make a one-time grant to ECAF to help bootstrap arbitration for the good of the community, for the good of block producers, you know, we all benefit. You could totally do that and it wouldn't trace back to a particular block producer as the person who'd given it. And as a donation, one-time donation, it's probably not a bribe. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, I think it's probably okay. And then if, you know, six months from now, the association ended up as a defendant in arbitration, they could repay it by then and yeah. say, you know, this looks bad. So we're going to give you that money back. Um, I, I'd be all about that, at least to try it out. So, and the other thing that ECAF has not done, and I, I wish they had, uh, is charge for cases. They should have charged yeah. filing fees and deposits really right off the bat. And people were so anxious to help the poor uh, fishing victims. This is why you should never be too empathic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like, with, and since we took those cases for free, how do you start charging for the next ones? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a mess. So yeah, if I were a block producer, I'd be trying to find some way to do block producer collective action so that I don't look like the weird one. And so that I don't look like I've, you know, bribed a judge if I end up in a dispute at some point. Reminds me of some block producers have a very strong interest in having ECAF functioning and fully funded. I mean, just purely selfishly. Yeah, sure. Get rid of the bad producers and that kind of thing. Arbitrate against the, yeah, sure. Reminds me of some of the, uh, the rules you talked about with Ostrom in terms of just governing the common. Oh pool, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I promise you there's not a village on the planet where there's not some way to sanction people who are doing things that the rest of the village really doesn't like. It may be formal. It may be informal, but there's, there's no group of human beings that don't have some way of informing their members when they're inside or outside the bounds that the rest of the members are okay with. There's just not. Yeah. And by the way, people who are on chat right now saying, Thomas, you're wrong. Guess what you're doing? You're proving me right because you're, you're trying to guide me and push me with your words to conform to your version of what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So thank you for proving me right. Time for a fresco. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's always, always good hearing from you, Thomas. Uh, can you just give us what are your thoughts here? You'll be gone for a couple of weeks or? Yeah, I'll be um, Monday when you're on next week from today. I'll be in Shanghai and I have no idea what time of day it's going to be. Seven and it'll be seven a.m. for you in Shanghai. Oh, well, I could come on. Okay, really perfect. Okay. Probably. I don't know what shape I'll be in. I'll be jet lagged as heck. I might not. I might be even less coherent than usual. But if you want me on, I'll. I mean, we'll we'll do a telegram and make sure that it's still working. But I'll do my best. Lord knows yeah. what the backdrop is going to be behind me. Yeah. Well, it's but I'll, I'll absolutely do my best. If if you want me, I'll be here. It'll be refreshing to hear you less coherent because you're very coherent otherwise. So, <laughs> we want the uh, 
and also be fun to hear the recent events from Korea because you'll just have finished up with that. Oh my gosh, yeah, so, my brain will be full of whatever's happened there. Yeah, so there'll be so much to digest. So much will come out of that. And speaking of debate, debate, I see there's some interesting conversation going on in Telegram and the Gov channel, which you'll probably, I think you've been tagged on a few things uh, by Dan and have such. To, so you have to jump back over and see what's going on. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, sir. It never stops. Right. It never st <laughs> Thanks for coming on, sir. Thanks. Thanks. Thank Thomas. you very much. Thank you for what you do for the, our organization, for our whole our whole community by running this this every every week. Sure thing. Have a safe flight too. Yeah. Couple Thank flights. You. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. See ya. Ah, uh, well, Blue Jays. Yeah, we have a few more news points to cover. But uh, what are your thoughts there from Thomas? Did you just heard Thomas. Thomas. He represents a uh, a perspective that, um, in our community that's definitely needed. Um, yeah. We can be very technical, being in the IT industry. Um, we can be very um, away from some of the more people issues. So I think Thomas represents that part uh, fairly well, and I, I think it's uh, it's it's good to have both sides or even another side, so that things aren't just one way. So I think that it's it's good uh, back and forth. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that he broke off from Block One, or or left them, and it sounds like it was a mutual thing. It's been happening for months and months, and they all agreed it was probably the best course of action. Having a strong voice in the community, uh, other than just Dan and Block One, would be very important. I mean, this is a community, and we need a lot of folks putting their input into it to uh, make this uh, these changes effective and to find the best possible solution. We have heard from a couple of people who are like, well, why do you why do you still bring Thomas on? He's not with Block One anymore. Well, I mean, that's that's the point. We want some of the best community members, I guess you could say, the people who are most knowledgeable, um, who are the most outspoken about everything. We yeah. want to have them on this show so that they have a platform um, yeah. and are able to help improve EOS in whatever way they think is best. Unless and that we, way we can... And let's oh, be frank, the, 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 the type of system that Thomas talks about is the one that we were first uh, excited about, everyone yeah. was. Uh, we yeah. were all excited about having arbitrators and uh the human aspect of it so um that's that's what people came here for at the beginning and we still want a part of that so thomas is the voice for that so that's really what excites me about their trip in south korea they're going to have that unconference most of the day it sounds like about governance and the issues surrounding it i'd like to hear kind of what everybody else thinks too i know that uh, dan's intent of code is law post where he put out his version two of the constitution eliminating arbitration, basically. Uh, it seems like it had a fair amount of support from what I saw in Telegram. However, we also need to remember now that block producers, they want that vote from block one. It's 100 million tokens. Right. Um, so naturally, they're going to kind of favor whatever block one is saying, right? Yeah. Uh, they may not. It's, so we do need strong community members who are not block producers, right? People yeah. who can stand up and say, well, they, actually, I don't think this will work. Nobody wants to poke the bear. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm happy to see Thomas around. I'm glad he's speaking up more now, too. He has more teeth these days, I've noticed. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, what's the next piece of news? I, I mean, we should talk about I think Telos. we got most of them. Yeah, Telos. Yeah. Telos is that uh, fork. Uh, yeah. We've talked about it earlier with Thomas that they have the 40 cap K on, on all the accounts. Yeah. Uh, more affordable RAM. What do you think, Kevin? Well, so here's the like the too-long-didn't-read version of the white paper that... Uh, Douglas Horn actually put out, he's the guy who's kind of spearheading the Telos movement. Um, so it is a separate, they're launching a new chain, right, with different block producers. Uh, there are probably going to be some block producers that do both chains, depending on their own values. 
Um, some of the differences, the 40,000 cap on all accounts. So if you have more than 40,000 EOS, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, you're not going to have uh, more than 40,000 on Telos. You'll just have to be capped at 40,000. Um, there will be proprietary dApps allowed and proprietary software. So if you don't want to open source your stuff, uh, if you're a dApp builder who wants to maintain control over your code, you can launch on Telos. Whereas on EOSIO, that's against the constitution, I believe. Um, uh, so there's a minimum, minimum block producer requirements enforced by smart contract. There are some interesting things that they're looking to achieve that I think will need to be, sounds like it'll be hard to code some of this stuff. Um, I'll be interested to see what kind of solutions they come up with. And they have said that they're going to open source some of their solutions to be shared uh, back and forth. So in the end, it should hopefully benefit everybody, uh, especially if they come up with a good solution. They have two powerful tools, they say, for RAM stabilization, uh, developer focus for affordable RAM as well. So they actually have this kind of federal reserve system. They have a Telos Foundation set up that's being funded by part of the inflation, uh, by part of, part of the tokens up front. And... I guess the foundation will actually set a price from what I understand that they believe the RAM should be. Um, and so that will kind of help reset the price to make it a little bit lower, a little bit, a little bit more affordable for people who do want to airdrop on EOS holders uh, so on and so forth. What, what else have you seen that really interested you Blue Jays? Uh, what's different that you know of? Um, no, I think you got it all. Yeah, they have. Well, there's actually one more thing that's interesting too. It's I'm looking at these uh, notes. Block producers pulled from rotation after 30 minutes of non-production. So if they are being, if they're irresponsible and they're not doing their job, they are automatically pulled out, which I guess is something they'll also have to throw in the code. And then also standbys must prove readiness by rotating in to produce blocks for six hours every five days. So basically, if you're in the top 21, you may just randomly get moved out. So, so one of the standbys can get popped in there and start producing blocks on production ready. Um, and they say that this gives the top 21 12 hours off per week for scheduled maintenance. Nice. Uh, which is kind of a nice idea. Uh, we'll see how that works in practice, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you get your six hour block from 1 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning, and you better be ready for it so you can do your maintenance, I guess. But anyway. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Telos? You're excited about this one? So, you know, I, at first, when I read a lot of the changes they're making, Blue Jays, I, first thing I thought was, I don't, I don't know if they can pull all these changes off in the code. Right, you need some awesome developers to help throw these changes in here and make them work. And they have a test net up now. So if they do pull it off, though, I think a lot of the changes are actually good for the long haul. They're trying to minimize whale power, right? They're trying to make the RAM more affordable. That's great. There's a lot of problems, a lot of issues we've been talking about for a few weeks here, Blue Jays, that need to be solved um, and probably will eventually be solved in EOS itself. And they're going ahead and just saying, hey, we'll do it right away, more fat, more quickly, we believe, because we're going to launch a whole new chain. Now, what I don't like. And I'm not sure if this is still in, in place or not, but in their white paper, they're allowing a million tokens per appointed block producer. So they have six total appointed block producers who are going to launch the chain. And they're giving each of those guys one million Telos tokens. So you have everybody else capped at 40,000 and then you're giving a million to these <laughs> block producers. Not only that, but they can then take their million each and they have six million votes total to vote for each other is what I'm seeing, right? Yeah. It already sounds like a big cartel. In my mind, right? That's just my first thought. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what it is, but it does rub me the wrong way. I understand that they've actually been looking into changing that and possibly reducing that number even down to cap. So that would be that'd be great if they could go ahead and do that. I understand they need to first of all fund that. You know, they're putting in a lot of work. They want to get rewarded for that. That's understandable. I feel like if they are part of the launch team and part of the appointed block producers, they probably have a good chance of being a long-term block producer on Telos. I would think. 
because the voters would say, thank you for launching this great chain. We'll, we'll keep you voted in, number one, number six, whatever the case is. So those are my thoughts. I mean, yeah. I think Telos is doing a good job, but you know, that's my too long, didn't listen. Telos is doing a good job on a few things. They're trying something new, which is great. They're offering a fork, which we need. They're not going about it the right way, in, in my mind, in terms of offering too many tokens for the people who are starting the whole thing. Cool. Yeah. Any, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, guys? I'm not too excited about the chain. I think, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's a specialized uh, chain uh, for a certain purpose, and uh, I wish them luck. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, Mr. Politician, again. There's Blue Jays. <laughs> Go Telos. Go tell. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody start Telos Go yet. Yeah, there's uh, any yeah. opportunity for that. So yeah, right. I know. So we'll see that pop up here shortly. Um, yeah, we covered all the news. I think um, any other news uh, that you saw this past week? No, we should... I think we covered all of it. Yeah, we should mention again. Scatter has their air grab going for the Riddle tokens. Uh, so go in there and do that. We'll put that link up in the chat so you can make sure you get your tokens as well. Uh, what are your final thoughts of the week, Blue Jays? Oh, this has been an excited week, so I, I'm looking forward to uh, all of the new things to come from EOS. Uh, I think the the market is starting to turn to the upward. I've heard a few things from a certain people, and I trust them. I don't do any of those charting or don't take financial advice from me, but uh, it, 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 it's good to hear things are on the up and up, especially with the great news coming out of the EOS world. Yeah, it does seem like we've seen a nice jump in the price, Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any moon buttons we should hit? No, but we can do disco. Let's do it. Yeah, not financial advice, but here's a disco ball. There you go. Bujis, can you can you imagine if someone did take this to court? They said we took financial advice from these guys, <laughs> and they those discoers, <laughs> right? And they played the video, and it's just us going. Like, <laughs> It's like, then, yeah, it's your fault for taking advice from those guys. Right. The judge would just be like, all right, get, get out. <laughs> Don't ever listen to those guys. So uh, we didn't do 20 discos for tw show number 20, Blue Jays. What are we going to do about that? Another disco. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have we gotten Thomas to disco yet? I don't That's think Thomas would ever disco. He, we, we'd hit the disco button, and he's just going to oh. stare at it looking at us, you know? Well, that's because we can't hear it. People should know that you know yeah. we can't hear it on the, on this end of the deal. You can only hear it through the YouTube, you know. But Thomas, you know that should be on our bucket list, Blue Jays. You know, EOS Radio <laughs> on our bucket list. <laughs> on EOS Radio dance. bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> Item number one: Get Thomas to dance to disco. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, dude. Yeah, it's been a good week. I'm, um, where can people follow us? Where should they keep up, Blue Jays, with EOS Go? Uh, yeah, the usual the usual channels on our on our uh, Telegram group. You can come in there and hang out. Got some yeah. interesting people in here. Let, let me type it in. Yeah, always a passionate group there in EOSCO Telegram. We have the Twitter, of course, and uh, even the community updates. We still uh, do put out updates for stuff that's going on, um, and that's the channel that just puts out announcements, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Go EOS. Go Telos. Oh. <laughs> Go EOS. See oh, you guys. Man. Bye.